Welcome to Liquid Courage, the podcast where I, Amanda Pereira, sit down with a fellow artist that I admire and ask them the questions I've never had the guts to ask them before. Sounds scary? Yeah, it really is. So I use a little liquid courage in the form of my guest's favorite drink. We cheers, chat, and connect as I attempt to soak up all the wisdom they have to offer. Today I sit down with Lauren Collins and we sip on some white wine together. Lauren is an actor and writer, best known for her portrayal of Paige Michael Chuck on the international hit series Degrassi. A three-time Canadian Screen Award nominee, some highlights from Lauren's 25-year-long career include The Kroll Show, The Strain, Take the Lead starring Antonio Banderas, and Charlie Bartlett starring Robert Downey Jr. Most recently, you can catch Lauren guest starring on What We Do in the Shadows and the Roku series Slip from writer-director Zoe Lister-Jones. In this episode, Lauren and I get to chat about her short film Zero Recognition, which she co-wrote and co-starred in with actor Ben Lewis. The film premiered at the 2015 Toronto International Film Festival and was a Vimeo-featured staff pick. Their follow-up short film, Apart From Everything, starring Emmy winner Tatiana Mazzolini, was shown at dozens of festivals including LA Outfest and New York Newfest. The duo's first feature film script, More Than a Friend, was selected for the CFC Comedy Lab and the prestigious Blacklist Library at the Brooklyn Academy of Music. You might also recognize Lauren as one of the hosts from MTV's One Girl, Five Gays, one of my personal favorites. So Lauren is an actor, a writer, and someone I admire immensely. Hi, Lauren. Hey, Amanda. How's it going? So good. I'm so excited to talk with you today. Um, Typically, when I get nervous, I get a little sweaty. And so I'm in like short shorts right now because I'm like, I'm going to get so nervous and warm. I wore oh the least and of course of it's like in it's you know what is it October fifth yes. but it's like thirty five degrees yeah. outside like what is happening the world is ending I know I think I got a burn last weekend and I was like how is this happening I know I'm having like night sweats yeah we don't we don't have central air so oh, no. it is it is very hot but no need no need to be nervous oh well this thank is, you I'm so excited yes. this is going to be a great conversation oh I hope. It will be. It will be. Um, No, I'm so glad that you're here. And you've had such a, like, I want to preface, you've had such a long career and like a full career. You've worked on so many projects. So I might jump around a little bit. Love it. Yeah. And if you're starting to get whiplash, be like, okay, stick to an area. But I'm going to try and like go chronological in my head a little bit. Okay. If that makes sense. Okay. Sure. Um, And to start off today, so we are drinking some white wine. So lovely for a daytime. I know, but I'm kind of embarrassed by like the basicness of it all. Oh, you can't. Oh, hey, oh, both stemless. Oh, look look at match. that. Oh, Thank cheers, Lord. Oh, cute. No, it's not a basicness. It's perfect for the daytime. Mm-hmm. Especially oh. with the heat. Oh God, it's refreshing, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. If you would have, <laughs> if you would have picked like, I don't know, a Negroni for the afternoon, I would have been and like in the heat, I would have been like, oh, can we? No, I would have done it, but. I would have wished inside. <laughs> What's the worst drink changed. you've had to? What's the worst drink you've oh, had to? I've had well with Knox, we just had like vodka, which was a lot. Very fun, but oh, with Alice Moran, I think we just had like scotch, and that ended up being this will not. This was in my early days. Yeah. Um, it ended up being like a five-hour conversation because we kind of hung out after. So it was just a lot of scotch. The it scotch tasted was great. Flowing. Yeah, it's just strong. Yeah. 
but it really is. It, that's a good for like a, if we were, you know, it's like a February podcast. Oh, yes, and it's like seven right? p.m. Yes, you know? got a yeah, fire yeah. going. Oh, yeah, then, a fire! Then maybe I could get down with sipping some scotch. Not like I've ever sipped scotch in my life, but. <laughs> It's actually, it's surprisingly good. Like, I just thought I didn't like it based on its reputation. I have no idea. Sure, or like drinking it, it or when drinking I was it. like way too young <laughs> right. to appreciate it and, yeah. you know, like shooting it just for the sake yes. of getting drunk. Yeah, and you're like, like this is fire. Um, this tastes like yeah, fire yeah. and I hate yeah. it. Yeah, now you're like, pop an ice cube in there and it's, Why or not? pop a rock in there and it's fabulous. Yeah, Wait, yeah. Or, you know, those like, those big, like, round ice yes. cubes, the giant ones? Yeah, I don't know what That's they're called. That's what but... I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want one of those. Well, okay, I feel like I have to start at Degrassi. I feel embarrassed even saying it because I feel like you just get asked about it constantly. But I do want to preface, we're not going to stay at Degrassi. Not that you have an issue with that, but I'm just like, I know you guys stayed there the long enough. You didn't did I? stay there long, <laughs> long time. So for people who have been speaking of rocks with Scotch, people who've been living under a rock, you played Paige for almost a decade. I think it was like around 150 episodes, like plus a movie. Um, so so crazy. Wild. Something like that. Something yeah. like that. Wild. Yeah. So playing a character for that long, how do you keep the character? I'm, I'm like selfishly asking for myself as an actor. How do you keep that character fresh for yourself rather than like going into autopilot? You know, it's interesting because she went through so much. So <laughs> she really did. She, like like everyone who attends. <laughs> yeah that uh, cursed high school. She yeah. really had a lot thrown at her. Sure. Um, so, you know, ever evolving. Mm -hmm. I think where Paige started as a character was very, very different from where she wound up, you know, kind of like your two-dimensional or a, like one-dimensional mean girl off mm -hmm. the top. And obviously a lot of the things that were thrown at her kind of forced her to like mature rather quickly. So yeah, so there was a lot of material to work with <laughs> over the years. Um, another thing <laughs> that I know I've talked about this before, but it really is true. I think because we were all so young and mm. we played these characters for so long and we got to know everyone who worked on the show so well, I kind of think at a certain point, the writers started, the, the lines were blurred between uh, the characters mm. and the uh, real life actors. So I think the writers started to bring in elements of our own personality into mm. each of the characters. They just kind of started to blend together a little bit. So maybe, I don't know, that also probably helped like the evolution of her as a character. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think the, you know, the, the sort of, it was such a gift to play a character for so long and to have so much to do over so much time. Mm -hmm. But of course, the downside of that is then when it's over, you are obviously very much associated with that character. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think the, the real challenge is kind of after the fact, trying to think of ways to, you know, bring something new to a new role, try to reinvent yourself mm -hmm. in any way you can. That's kind of the, uh, that's been the challenge. That's been the challenge for me. Anyways, yeah. even still, like, my God, how many years ago was that? And, like, still coming up against that. Yeah. Well, and because so many people recognize you from Degrassi or that that was their, like, first introduction to you, even mm -hmm. if they know your credits since, when you meet new people, do you ever – because I feel like I would do this. Do you ever find yourself, like, wondering what they think? think of you or what they assume they know about you because oh, they're like connecting sure. you to Paige yeah what do you feel like pressure to correct them like how that that um, seems like a very 
uncomfortable or awkward interaction. I would say you're probably getting to the root of like my deepest insecurities. (laughs) Oh no. We're like five minutes in. My bad. (laughs) No, but, but it's, it's so true. I think, I think being an actor on anything that is like even slightly recognizable, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're always kind of, you're always going to feel somewhere deep down. Well, is this the only thing that people find interesting about me? Is this the, is this the thing that they're trying to get to? Is this what they want to talk about? Um, especially let me tell you happily married now, but Mm. dating, like certainly that is something that would constantly be like bubbling at the surface for me. Like, is this the only reason? that they're interested and (laughs) truthfully sometimes it was and I I found that out you know the hard way a couple of times but (laughs) like that ulterior motive like and yeah that would feel so icky and then even if it's not that case like because you've been proven right so many times you're just stuck in almost like you could be gaslighting yourself when you're like no I knew it that that is what they were thinking of yeah 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 exactly exactly but you know you know, it, it's a conversation starter, it, right? Absolutely. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's always something to talk about, which is nice. Not that I, you know, want to just sit there and, and talk about myself, but um, I, I actually, and I'm sure this would come up at some point in this conversation, but when I started getting into like writing and stuff, mm-hmm. the first thing that I wrote was a short film called Zero Recognition that basically deals with this exact feeling and Mm -hmm. it was me trying to I wrote with my best friend and one of my writing partners Ben Lewis and we were like okay what do we write about we want to write something to act in and we had this idea that was funny where I was basically playing like a heightened version of myself and yeah it was like I I don't think it was even until after we made it like not even Mm. after we wrote it but like after we shot it where we really started realizing like what themes we were talking about and what this was like tackling for me in particular (laughs) like this feeling of constantly being watched and you know what are people what are people's intentions and also how you can get comfortable with that like that's sort of Mm. the joke in the short (laughs) is, uh, you know, is like, I'm on a date with this guy and I'm completely just like drowning in my own securities (laughs) thinking that that he obviously just wants to talk about me being on a TV show when the reality is like, he has literally no idea who I am (laughs) and could care less. Um, So, yeah, so, so, you know, I've, I found a way to channel those insecurities into the creative process, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I think you did it in such a fabulous way. Like I watched zero recognition and it like made me laugh out loud the way that really, yes. The way you narrated the thoughts in your head. Like I sat, I was just laughing by myself watching it in my office while like my partner was in the living room. Like, what are you watching? And I'm like, something's on. You did such, Oh, it was so, I loved that you like talked about this space in between feeling like you feel like you're very recognizable, but you mm-hmm. also maybe don't feel like you're famous. And so oh, not it's at all. That, like, like not at all. I think many people would think you're famous, but what's important to the writing is that you feel like you're not famous, right? Yeah, I certainly, certainly do not. I mean, just because like fame has all of these connotations of mm-hmm. like, you know, wealth and extravagance and like, like a lavish lifestyle and like, <laughs> 
certainly that's not what I'm living with day to day. <laughs> you don't have a, AC, Lauren. Like, what are we? <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, I, I, I sure don't. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So I think we really wanted to just speak to speak to that. And I'm so glad you liked it. I, it's so funny. I haven't watched it. It's now like we made it so many years ago. My mm-hmm. God, almost 10 years ago, which is nuts. But I'm glad it's still, glad it still hits. Oh, still hits. It's good to know. It still hits. It was great. <laughs> it was great. Well, yeah, it sounds like a lot of pressure. And like, I mean, one of the last things I want to ask you about mm-hmm. Degrassi, I'm being meta right now because I'm mm-hmm. going, but is just that like, because just in, you're talking about this pressure from like others and things. And when I imagine you started this role when you were 15. And when I imagine playing a character, if I'm 15, uh, who's like the hot, cool girl, that feels like a lot of pressure, Lauren. Like I would rather play like the loser archetype because I don't know, that feels like so much pressure. And I know you had you have shared too in interviews where like some of the wardrobe sometimes was uncomfortable because you're like, I'm going through oh puberty God, and yet it. it's like a mid-drift. Yeah, so... I feel like it oh, it makes you vulnerable for people being like, you're not that hot or you're not that cool. Like, I, I just, it makes me terrified. Like, was there a lot of pressure in that archetype, playing that oh, archetype? absolutely. And, like, thank God for the majority of my time on the show, mm. this is, like, pre-social media. Right. Um, yes. Thank God. Mm. Because... I don't know what that would have done to my self-esteem and kudos to anyone on a teen show right now mm. who is going through something similar because people are mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As we know, the internet, yeah. social media just gives like everyone a soapbox to say whatever they want and it's way easier to say things hiding behind a phone or a computer mm. than it is, you know, to someone's face. But like we used to look at the message boards because that's mm. what we were using back then and people mm-hmm. were awful. So like... For sure, that was a challenge. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, uh, it, it was difficult. And I don't think I really, again, this is all stuff that I feel like I was processing. Of course, later. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. Because you were fifteen. Yeah, like you were, you were a child. Yeah, I was a child. Like yeah. being fifteen, anyways, yeah. is a real mind fuck, right? Yeah. Like just trying to get by in regular high school. But I was doing that, and then also having a similar experience as a character on television. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the wardrobe is really the stuff that uh, that will haunt me. And I've, it's so funny, I was literally having this conversation with my agent like two days ago where I swore up and down to him. I was like, I promise I will advocate for myself from now on Aww. if someone tells me to wear something that I do not feel comfortable in because yeah. I just was in that position so many times. And look, it's not like, I mean, it was a, kids tv show it's not like I was being asked to do like nudity or anything Mm -hmm, like that mm -hmm. but uh definitely there were things that I was not comfortable in that was like showing too much of my body and like if I did even kind of like voice it it was like Mm. well that's the character but you're that's we got you know we got that's that's Paige that's what we love about Paige we love her crazy style we love her provocative style so I kind of just you know put my head down and went forward anyways yeah um but now I like to think that if anything were to come up like all of that past shit is gonna you know (laughs) give me the strength to stand up for what I for what I want and if I if I you know had to fight for something on set I really hope I would (laughs) yeah well I think it takes a while even to like recognize or give yourself 
permission that you're that's actually an option like I think oftentimes totally you don't even think that you're allowed to especially if it's like well but that's Paige that's what we love about Paige and it's like well I don't want to take away what you love about Paige but like there's other and like yeah as a 15 year old in the yeah. industry like I certainly didn't think I had no. that authority no. I mean the you know it was overall for me like a really wonderful experience mm-hmm. and I'm incredibly grateful for it but it was not like it was not like being on other sets. Like we were very much treated like children in a school right. with like a principal figure and oh, like teacher figures. So meta. Like I would get yeah, so Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it really was. Like I, you know, we used to um, eventually like when we all got our licenses and, mm. you know, we were, we were on TV. So we were making decent money and Mm. some of us were able to get cars and earlier than maybe some of our friends and um we started driving ourselves to set and we weren't allowed to get um like fobs to get Mm. into the parking lot Mm -hmm. I think because there was like some kind of weird like control thing like they didn't want us having our own cars there or there was a lot of like strange power (laughs) struggles as we were because you know when I ended the show I was like 23 or something right so you know I was an adult I was an adult yeah Yeah. maybe it was hard for them to like see you all as full adults just yet or something absolutely absolutely I think it was yeah well I think it's so amazing that you were able to take those like experiences and feelings that maybe you couldn't like articulate at the time but then able to make and like communicate it through a project later that you had a bit more autonomy and that you were like running so when you find yourself in those situations like in zero recognition where you're on a date and you're like oh my god do they just want information about Degrassi Uh like oh my god Uh never mind they don't know who I am are they lying like that kind of thing (laughs) how do you like Lauren how do you stay present in social interactions with people how do you navigate out of that It's probably why, well, thinking like in, you know, certainly in like a dating, like romantic sense, it's probably why I ended up marrying an actor who I've known since I was 14 years old or whatever. (laughs) Um, uh, You know, there's a lot of trust there. Uh, But I I do think, you know, that probably does speak to why I wound up with someone who, you know, kind of like knew me from before that. Mm -hmm. And also you know, not just romantic relationships, but my best friends are my best friends from high school. Like my, my group of, of core girls, my, my best friends in the whole world, they've known me forever. So Mm -hmm. I know that there is not like any kind of ulterior motive. And again, it's like, I feel so silly even talking about this because I'm like not famous not particularly cool like there's not really like sure if you're like a diehard Drake fan then like maybe there's something in it for you to like talking to me about Degrassi but um but yeah still even even knowing all of that Mm. yes those 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 things did did plague me at a point yeah I can understand like I think it speaks to your humility that you're like I'm not it like you know whatever but I think uh, it's fine for me to say that, like, rea- reality is... I mean, first of all, you're an actor. So uh, even in that, people wouldn't know me from anything as an actor, and I still get some of the questions that you get. I just don't have the fun answers to give. Do you know what I mean? Like, so totally. just you being an actor, and then also you have acted 
I mean, first of all, you have such an impressive career in what you've what you've Thank done you. with animation and hosting and writing and producing yourself <laughs> and acting. And you mm. didn't. I mean, you have consistently worked after Degrassi. So like you have, that's very impressive. And then you've worked with a feel lot of consistent. big It didn't feel consistent all the time. I'll, I'll tell you that much. I, I feel incredibly lucky to like yeah. still be able to do this, but yeah. you know, hills and valleys. Hills and valleys. Right? Hills and valleys. I just, I just want to like hardcore validate the feeling of like, ooh, are they ulterior motive-y? Because you have reason to feel that way. And you are also very humble and you clearly have a lot of humility so maybe it's harder for you to see but thank you you have a lot of things if people love uh what's his name robert downey jr if people oh love, like there's a lot yeah. of people that yeah. you have worked with zoe lister jones okay. i'm like oh my gosh hello yeah, that, so anyway I you know, have a that lot was, of people yeah that that like, was an, a very exciting yeah oh i'm gonna ask you about that because i'm like <laughs> i can't wait to watch that um okay so with writing and producing, I guess I am curious, like, what does, so I also write my own stuff, and I'm curious mm -hmm. for you, like, what does writing and producing give you that maybe you don't get in acting, or maybe you do get in acting, but, like, what do you, what really it's, fills your cup about writing and producing? It's so funny, because, like, immediately my first response yeah. was going to be, control. <laughs> 100%. But, like, I mean, yeah, of course. Which I'm striving for, like, in every aspect of yeah. my life, constantly. <laughs> Same. Um, <laughs> But, but it, but now having, and it, and it did like mm -hmm. with zero recognition with something like that, like with a couple of the feature scripts that I've written, mm -hmm. like absolutely getting to create these worlds and roles for mm. hopefully myself maybe, or people that I love or people that I respect, like, yes, does that does that give me control? Uh, of course. And that's like a wonderful freeing feeling mm -hmm. when you, you know, when your career is like, just like 100% dependent on oh, other people yeah. and factors that are like <laughs> so out of your control. Mm -hmm. um, but what I'm realizing now, like, you know, 10 years into writing and trying to like make my own stuff that you're still always waiting on someone else to, oh, to give you, I know. you know, a green light or like, <laughs> I just went through a whole round of pitching something that just felt like such a slam dunk. Yeah. And, and yeah, you're still, you're still just completely at the mercy of other, of people. other people. I know of the money, um, but it, it, the it money. is freeing. It is, yes. it is freeing. There, without a doubt, there is there is more freedom in writing and producing and creating your own work than um, just sitting around and waiting for the mm -hmm. uh, for the phone to ring, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Even if it, you know, even if it takes a while, you're like, well, I can still act through all the process of the writing and the producing. Like you just totally, yeah, totally, it's just and a like, long and game. I, <laughs> I do, you know, I I try to keep my hand in as many pots as possible and I and I feel like this is why we've probably crossed paths before mm. but like I work with a casting director and I mm. read in casting sessions mm. all the time and you know it's such a it's such a wonderful I, I tell any actor if you have the opportunity to do it to be a reader in casting like mm -hmm. take it because you really do learn so much about how the other side of the business works in 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 great ways and in frustrating ways because mm -hmm. it really does kind of hammer it 
home that idea of like, it's so, it's just so completely out of your control. Absolutely. You can be amazing. Actually, my first job as a reader was for Degrassi. Oh, you're so, kidding. Yeah, full circle was for Degrassi. Oh. And then I got to do some callbacks like on set and it was so fun. And I almost used the fake bathroom because my God, it looks real. Like, oh because my God. Because we used to shoot, we shot in one in one of the real bathrooms. Oh my gosh. Okay, well that confuses me even more. No, I don't. I know. I'm like, was I in a real bathroom? I don't think I was. Because like. I think I was in a set no. bathroom. I don't know. Okay, because like they're definitely now, <laughs> like one of the main bathrooms like in the production office was like the, I hate this word, but like mm. iconic girls mm, bathroom mm, mm -hmm. from Degrassi where like so many things happen in that bathroom. Like that's where like Emma got her period and like I give her a tampon. Yes. Okay. Like, it was not so in that bathroom. That makes me feel okay. good. Okay. okay. So it okay. was probably okay, a so set it was, bathroom. Yeah. It was, yes. it was a set. Okay. It was a okay. Set. It was smaller and it was, and they had, and I only knew because I looked, I had all these posters and stuff and I'm like, yeah. these don't feel, hold on a second. Strange. There's no location technically on this like band <laughs> post, this concert post. And then I'm like, oh my God, get out, get out, find the real bathroom. But anyway, that full circle. Hilarious. I didn't even, I didn't That's even really clue funny. into that. But yeah, that was, and I found out that after hours of reading for the callback, I was pronouncing a word wrong. And I'm like, it would have been great if somebody told me ahead of time. But I feel Amazing. like, was anybody like... I don't know if I walked into an audition and I have Lauren Collins like as the reader, I'm going to be like, well, damn, just hire her. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Do you? I, wish. I don't know. I, I don't wish. know. I'm, I'm unrecognizable. And so I feel like that helps as a reader. Did you ever? I think now, I think now like I've been doing it for so long mm -hmm. and um, I think like, you know, a lot of actors that come in sort of just like know to like expect me mm -hmm. or could, you know, that it's very possible that I could be reading with them. Mm -hmm. There's definitely been a few times where like a younger actor has come in and maybe recognized me from whether it was Degrassi or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I felt terrible because I'm like, did I just completely throw their audition? Oh, no, that's not <laughs> but, on you. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, I know. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, I, I love doing it. It's yeah. like, it's amazing experience. Yeah, so. it's so great. I think I would feel very comforted if I walked into an audition and you were the reader because I'd be like, oh, first of all, she's so talented. Like, I'm in good hands here. Like, I'm acting with an experienced actor. It and, makes a difference. Yeah. It yeah. really makes a difference. Like, yeah, I know yeah. for myself auditioning, like, it sucks when you go in and, you know, maybe there's like a a casting assistant or someone who's reading. I find that happens a lot in the States mm. where you just have like non-actors sort of giving you like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I'll and just like, create yeah. all of this. Yeah. yeah, 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 no, no. yeah you're yeah. not going to get that with Lauren. So like, I would be appreciative and you just, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you always seem like such a wonderful person. So I'm like, great. They're going to oh take care God. of me as a human being, as an actor. Thank I would you. be happy. Thank I might be a little like giddy and excited and I just hope that's the <laughs> character, but then I would feel like I'm in good hands. Absolutely. Yes. I try to just, you know, really make everyone because auditions suck auditions are awful <laughs> right like yeah. I I hear actors all the time say like how much they love the audition process yeah. I'm like oh my god it's the worst <laughs> yeah it's the worst so it is certainly on me to make anyone who comes into a room that I'm in like feel as comfortable as possible yeah for sure the same yeah yeah I'm like yeah. I'm here to take care of you I'm here to make you look good like I'm yeah absolutely totally. you want a friend it's like the reader's gonna be your best friend that's the goal they're gonna be your best friend even 100%. if in the scene you're supposed to hate them they're gonna be your best friend outside of the scene yeah yeah absolutely yeah. okay so um <coughs> one girl five gays oh my god Lauren 
I was obsessed. I was obsessed. Obsessed. Like, that's where I quote you from more than Degrassi. Oh, my God. I loved you on that show. And can I tell you, I was nervous. I'm sorry, I just cut you off. No, no, please, please. I was nervous for you when you came on because I thought, oh, my God. It's like, it's a show that went for almost four, I guess, like, three and a half. And then you came in season four. But, like, it's been going for a while with the same host. I would be a little nervous coming into, like, an established show hosting. Oh, I was. Yeah, oh, I was. That's scary. And I, oh, I was. And I knew, <laughs> I knew also that, like, all the guys were – well, I shouldn't say they were all friends because we know that's not Some true. Some of them were uh, not friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but there was a lot of history there. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I honestly think – you know, even just like thinking about it now, mm. I'm sure the only way I was able to do it is because I guess I had kind of come from a similar situation. So I was able to sort of, you know, think about it like from their perspective and like mm. the other side of things. Like just because with Degrassi, like we were all so kind of close and tight knit and like knew each other so well. And there was a lot of history that when someone new came in, mm. I think I always sort of felt like, a, you know, like I wanted to include mm. whoever the new person was. So I, I guess I just had that in mind and hoped that it would be like a similar experience. Um, and it was. Like I ended mm-hmm. up kind of gelling with the guys right Absolutely. away. Absolutely. You had great chemistry with them. Amazing. Yeah. Um, oh my God. I don't know if you've seen it's Okay. So if you're like a diehard fan, have you mm. seen like Philip Tetro has been doing these... No. TikTok it. No, but that's what oh, I'm going to look up. at after this. Um, <laughs> he's going to, he, somehow he'll, I'm sure he has like a, a Google alert for his name or something. And I say <laughs> that with love. He's going to find this podcast and, and listen to, to me saying this. Uh, love you, Philip. But yeah, he, he started making these like TikTok videos and they would like pop up in my, I don't even have TikTok, but they were like popping up on my Instagram. And uh, it was like behind the scenes of One Girl, Five Gays. Like what really Ah. happened? And I was like, oh God, oh God, (laughs) oh God. What what is he going to say? What is he going to (laughs) say? He generally seems to have had nice things to say oh good but yeah if you were if you were a diehard uh, you gotta go you gotta I'm go, gonna go check it out, out. <laughs> I loved it I just I felt like when I was watching it I remember just feeling like there is nothing like this on tv there's nothing where and not just like like highlighting and celebrating the community but also mm-hmm. just the type of conversations and dialogue from so many different um points of view Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so wonderful. And yeah, your chemistry was so great. Like you, you called people out in like the way that friends do in like the most loving way where you're like, what are you talking about that that happened or whatever? You had chemistry immediately. And I was like, oh, great job, Lauren. Here we are. Okay, great, great. I'm back. Because I did so feel honestly, like I, I, I made pretty fast friends with mm-hmm. those guys. Like they, they really did welcome me. And I have to give credit to, because it's so funny, like with these shows, you know, these kind of like low budget like network shows that you know they're all kind of made like in-house yeah I feel like the creators don't really get the love that Mm. they deserve because they're kind of just you know these were people who were like on staff at MTV Mm. that would basically just like sit around and come up with show ideas and like Garrett Wintrip, Vanessa Larkey and um, Calista Antoniuk who all worked behind the scenes were they were like the brains behind Mm. that show and they brought it to life and 
made it what it was and like believed in it and fought for it and made it so fun. So fun. Yeah. So they, they were really like the heart of that show and mm-hmm. made it what it is. And of course the guys, I mean, the guys were, I just sat there and let them do their Ugh, thing. No, like, and the were... host though. And the host. Yeah, it was a well, family and, affair. And, like AJ was so fantastic too when she mm. started. Right. So I was nervous because like, you know, she did, she did such a great job, but uh, I feel like it just gave it a little like different vibe. Mm-hmm. And also I think most of my best <laughs> friends are gay men. Right. <laughs> right. So <laughs> it felt very natural to me yeah. to kind of just like slip into that role because that was how I was spending my Friday nights anyways, like yeah, sitting yeah. around and having these yeah. ridiculous conversations. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So it just felt very, it felt like a natural, I was going to say role, but not, not a role a job. For yeah. you to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so going on feeling natural, I'm curious if it felt natural on pretty hard cases, you play Yolanda Pesky. This is my transition that I'm like, that we're going to go with this. Jake, Marty's girlfriend, played by your real life husband, Jonathan. I know. So I know. you didn't get to act in any scenes together, but you, but what was it like being on set together again after like, I don't know, 17 years since like Take the Lead? Like, what was that like? Well, you know what? It's funny. We've actually done several things together. No way! Yeah. So we we met, we kind of knew each other before Take the Lead mm. because, again, like Toronto actor mm. circle, people who started, like I started when I was 10, Jonathan started when he was 8. Like those of us that kind of came up at the same time, like everyone kind of just knew everyone. So mm-hmm. I certainly knew who he was, but that was the first time we'd really worked together and Take the Lead was and got to know each other. And we were two local hires from the main cast, ah. whereas everyone else was brought in mm-hmm. from the the state. So like they were all staying in a hotel together and we were kind of like the two like outsiders. Yeah, 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 like okay, going yeah. home at the end of the night. So we really bonded yeah. over that and kind of like stuck together. I mean, everyone was so great and it was such a fun experience, but like I definitely felt like it was like the two of us kind of get getting through that together. Then we worked together. We mentioned Robert Downey Jr. We were mm-hmm. both in Charlie Bartlett. Oh, so that was like he was in Charlie Bartlett too. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, so that was like maybe a year or two later we did that. Then fast forward many years after we've already started dating, we were on a show together called The Strain. Like that was funny because that was like right around when we started dating. Oh. Yeah, so that was that was kind of funny. <laughs> and then yeah, most recently on Pretty Hard Cases, which was really felt like a reunion all around because Al McAdam, mm. who is one of the leads on that show, is one of Jonathan's best friends and was on the very first show that I ever did when I was 11 years old. I was a sixth grade alien. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Small yeah. World, so really. we were all kind of like back together and it was, it was also just such like a funny role when they called and asked me to do it. I was like, um, duh, this yeah. seems amazing so yolanda fun. yo-yo like please oh, the sign necklace, me up the hairstyle i'm also like lauren that hairstyle looks amazing on you that like half up Thank half down you. like ariana Grande i believe thing. they call that snatched oh right? perfect like, okay great woo! oh yeah like, when it's like pulled right it looked so good on you and i'm also like oh i love that it's like featuring the new dark hair i guess not new now but you know the dark hair I know, loved I it know. Loved yeah it. that was that was my like 
COVID. I had a baby right at the beginning of COVID and I basically just like gave up on dyeing my hair and like <laughs> let it like completely grow out. Yeah. And then after like literally working on it for like two and a half years, I had to dye it back to blonde for something else. Oh so now God. I'm like, again, going through the process of just yeah. like growing it out. And yeah, it's kind yeah. of in this awkward mid stage. Yeah. Is it, yeah. is it, str- I mean, it just looks like you got a little ombre or something going on. It looks great. I know. It's yeah. kind of my natural yeah, ombre yeah. of me just being too lazy to do my highlights. Yeah. No, no. I feel like maybe in the beginning it would have been like an awkward stage, but I feel like where yeah. it's at now, it just looks intentional. It looks great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Let's, yeah, go, like, let's go great. with that. We're going to go with that. It's intentional. It's is it, intentional. is it like weird to, cause I feel like for so much of your acting career, you've been blonde. Does it, I don't know, does it, and like hair color, at least for me, I was blonde for a number, like very blonde for a number of years. Really? It really changes like how I see myself. And I'm wondering like, you've also seen yourself on screen and like these different characters. Is it, yeah, is it really different seeing, yeah, having brunette? I mean, I think like cat's out of the bag at this point, but like not a natural blonde. Um, What? I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm as dark as you are, but like I do have, like I am like fully a brunette with Mm -hmm. like brown hair Yeah. and only dyed it, but, but I dyed it when I was very young Mm. for a job and then ended up getting Degrassi with the blonde hair, kept it. And then obviously like really... I feel my truest self when I'm blonde, Mm. which is strange, which I think is why now like sort of entering this like, you know, it's kind of this like new phase of my career where I'm like finally starting to play roles that are closer to my real age and, (laughs) you know, like moms (laughs) and this like new stage, the, something about the dark hair just feels like fresher and newer Mm. and trying to separate even more from that Degrassi association. Uh, You know, blonde barrel curls, like (laughs) (laughs) barrel curls. Uh, Yeah. 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 So nostalgic. But I, I completely get it. Like we, we, we really hide behind our hair Mm -hmm. and like clutch onto our hair, Mm -hmm. don't we? Yeah. So it's been, it's been, it's been quite freeing. I I would say. Yeah. To, uh, to experiment with this brown hair. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I, yeah. F- I find people view me very differently if I'm blonde or if I'm brunette. Like, even just, like, how they, I don't know, what, what characters they might think of right off the bat. or And totally. so that really, like, changes. Or if I have short hair or long hair. Like, it's a lot about, like, people's perceptions of these, like, different haircuts yeah. and hairstyles and hair colors. And it's, like, it's silly because at the end of the day, you can be a mom or a high schooler with blonde hair or brunette. But it's, like, what people totally. put on sometimes and also. Also, and again, this comes back to the casting thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know what? It's true. Mm. You can cut hair. You what? Can, you I can know. dye hair. Ugh. But it's really true that, like, when you come into the room looking mm-hmm. the way you look, like, that is what they see. Yeah. That is, that yeah. is really, it's hard to, you know, kind of think beyond that. I, I would say for a lot of people, you yeah. know, behind the scenes making decisions. So yeah. So kind of, ex- I mean, I'm, I've always been too nervous to do anything short. How mm. short have you gone? Like, so I would go like Ooh. here, I guess. Yeah. And I had that for like years, actually it was just COVID because my just let hair, it grow out. It, the hair salon was closed. So it just yeah. kept canceling. And I was like, all right. And then I just, booked something and got lazy and then it just grew but I haven't had long hair since like before COVID I haven't had long hair in a very long time I cut it short I had really long hair and then cut it short and I just it felt 
wonderful. I had like a blunt bob for a really long time. And what I loved is I had to do nothing to it for it to look like I had styled it. It looked like I had just. Oh my God. Like just fresh out of the shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, go. And because it was such a blunt cut, it looked like I had really styled it. And I'm like, this is fantastic. This low maintenance situation is wonderful. I loved it. I commend you for that. I do not have the balls to do it. Like, I'm just too scared. And I have, like, very fine. I have a lot of hair, but I have very fine hair. Mm. I feel like I would just look like a drowned rat all the time. (gasps) Lauren, you're speaking to my heart. I don't have a lot, and I have very fine hair. And actually, I went to my almost said therapist, which just like probably Freudian slip. I went to my hairdresser and was like, give me. They are. They they are. are. They really become. Mm -hmm. That's why you tip your hairdressers because they put up with a lot. I really wanted curtain bangs. This was like at the time when it was all the craze. And I was like, I want curtain bangs. And bless my hairdresser who has, I also have very straight hair. She also has straight hair, fine hair. And she was like, I cannot do that to you. It's just going to be two little sticks beside oh, your face. No, no, like no. it's no, you want it to do like the curve beautiful you need, thing. You need like the movement, yes. right? You need the yeah, movement and you need, and like, you need some like body, the some fullness to yeah. do that. Totally. You'd have totally. to go like halfway down my head and make it all <gasps> curtain bang. Like it's not going to work. So she didn't. And I was sad. And then I went home and was like, yeah, because anytime I've had bangs, it's put in so much effort to like make them fun. So I, yeah, I haven't since I grew up my bangs when I was eight years old. Yeah. I've never gone back. <laughs> I used oh, to have this like talk about like starting in the middle of my head like yeah. started here they were like <laughs> yeah, so yeah. heavy yeah, yeah. Like, I look at pictures now and I'm like mom like, like what drowning you in your bangs yeah 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 what oh, yeah. were you thinking I did a job where they asked if they could like give me bangs like around my cheek because they were like getting me to match another like a real person and I was like sure okay but then it got shorter and shorter and it very quickly was like my eyebrow but it was it wasn't heavy like it wasn't heavy enough so when I tried to then just lay them flat later on because I just yeah. had this hairstyle now there was just always holes like you could just always see my forehead through my bangs and I'm like there has to be a happy medium between all of the top of my head being my bang and, and like, just like little wisps. five little wisps like we need to yeah anyway you know it's so funny I so I had a baby at the beginning of COVID Mm -hmm. and I just had another baby like Mm -hmm. he's five months now and there's this really fun thing that happens where all your hair falls out. Oh, perfect. Postpartum. (laughs) What a joy. So I'm just going through that now and you get these like little baby hairs. Last time I was pretty lucky it like didn't happen around my hairline but it was like all under here. I just had this like weird short (laughs) layer of hair. It's like (laughs) The things that happen to your body oh. that you just like don't understand. Yeah, so that's a really fun one. So interesting. Oh yeah, it's like yeah. you're having like an undercut that's like growing out. Um, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, okay. My, I did want to ask you on one of the things that's iconic about to me about Yolanda, your character Yolanda, is her hand tattoos. And I'm just curious, like, which of her hand tattoos, if you had to get one of them permanently in the same location that you have it, which of her hand tattoos would you get? Because oh my god, I have. I mean, not the foot, right? Right. The foot not was the foot. like the funniest. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Maybe not the foot. God, I, have, I wish I could remember. Okay, what do we have? There's like a devil. There's like a flock of birds. There's a butterfly. Oh, you know what there was? There yeah. was something that like kind of went up my wrist. Yeah, a, a flock of birds, like flying. That, yeah, birds. and it was like it was very fine. It yes. was kind of like that's almost that like um, what's that? Is it? It's not. Is it stick and? It's not stick and poke because. I know there's like specific tattoo artists that like specialize in this like very, very oh, yes. fine 
tattooing, it would probably be something like that. Yeah. Like just like very delicate, very fine. I don't have any tattoos. Me neither. I don't know if I would ever get one. I, I actually, you know, hers were kind of ridiculous. Yes. But I actually do find like little cute little hand tattoos to be so cool. So and I wish beautiful. I could pull them off. I know. Me too. I have no tattoos and I've always wanted a tattoo or. What would you get? Of Yolanda's, I think or I would just get, like, do you oh, have anything that you oh, would? I would love like, to generally. get, yeah, like I'd love to get, I don't know, the first thing that comes to mind is like some sort of moon. I feel very connected. Yeah. I don't know anything about like, I don't know much about crystals or I'm not really spiritual, but the moon Me neither. feels very much like connected to womanhood and Absolutely. Isn't that like a Stevie and... Nicks thing? Doesn't Stevie Nicks always wear like a moon oh. around her? I feel like I read something once. Like she always she wears this like moon pendant, and she gave it to she gave one to like each of the Heim sisters, like welcoming them like into like her sisterhood. And I'm like, that is like the fucking coolest thing wow. ever. I would die to get a moon pendant from Stevie Nicks, like welcoming please. you welcoming you into her sisterhood. Into her sisterhood. Wow. Well, maybe Please. now I'll get a moon just for that. Like her coven. <laughs> yeah. Right? I would love to be a part of a coven of anyone that I think is like a good human being. I would mm -hmm. love to be in a coven. Mm -hmm. You know who I would love to be in a coven with? Zoe Lister Jones. Okay, can we? Yeah, it's talk? so funny. Speaking oh. of like amazing hand tattoos, she has all these like really cool hand tattoos that I was just like, uh, uh, uh. oh, like, oh you're yeah, so just cool. take a picture and you're like, I would just like these, please. Just copy yeah, just these, this please. picture. <laughs> okay, what was it like being directed by Zoe Lister Jones? She oh. was a dream. Mm. <laughs> that role was a dream. That project was a dream. Everything about it. Like, I didn't, you know, I I had a lot to do when I was there. But, like, in the grand scheme of the show, like, I'm, I'm, I'm pop up in one episode and have this, like, fun little thing. But her command mm. of the set in the most, like, calming and assured and, like, graceful way was mm. just like incredible to watch I've never really had any aspirations to direct but like if I ever did she would be my model because oh. she just she just like owned it but made it this like very like comfortable space I just thought she was so cool and oh. I just like was like oh my god oh my god oh my god I can't believe I'm here I can't believe I got to watch you work <laughs> so fun uh, well maybe yeah. your feature script more than a friend maybe you'll direct it who knows I don't know oh, more than a friend know. the feature script that will just never see the light of day <laughs> it will listen we're gonna do like a reunion of this episode in 10 years and you're gonna be like yeah I made it nine years ago it happened can you believe it already can you happened believe that we yeah. made it yeah, yeah. Can we and can oh, you believe God. that I directed it and can you believe that I cast Zoe Lister Jones and I directed her oh, oh. What oh, manifesting things? I would die. Well, I would in die. in the show Slip, um, the main character May, played by Zoe, is transported to different dimensions of what her life could be every time she has an orgasm. Fucking brilliant uh -huh. premise. So, if you were to transport to a completely different life, with the caveat that you love your life now, like yes. we're saying that, but if you were to go to a completely different life, let's say for like a week, you get to come back and see Jonathan and Charlie and Leo, like you're not abandoning them. Yeah. What would that life look like? What where would you be living? What would you be doing? Oh my God, that is such a good question. You know what I think I have to say, mm. even though like, you know, it doesn't really feel that, no, I mean, it is very different from my life right now, <laughs> but uh, I've been doing a rewatch of Sex and the City. Oh, great. And because I just 
can't get behind the new show and I'm so I've been watching it. Yeah. I've been watching it with Jonathan mm-hmm. and he had never seen the original. And I was like, okay, this is not a good representation no. of Don't the show. Don't judge it like, based like on you this. You have to go back to the beginning. Yeah. So I think if I could just like step into another life right now, it would be like living like in New York. Yeah. Maybe on my own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Jonathan walks by with our child. <laughs> like, well, sorry. But you get to come back and you love this life. This is just yes, for a week of yes. trying it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think like I will always, I feel like that ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what I was getting to. Like yeah. as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, I will never... I will never have that that time of like living in New York and just like walking around the streets at yeah. like three in the morning in my high heels like she does so gracefully. Oh. That ship has sailed and I would love to live that. Yeah. I would love to live that right yeah. now. Oh, that would be amazing. Oh, I was just going to say, and then on the flip side, like yeah. I also have this fantasy of like living on a farm. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and, like, like just like, 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 just like, like quiet, peaceful space. Lots and lots of space. I always, like, when I really start to think about it, I'm like, Lauren, you would be so scared. You would just be scared all the time in your, like, <laughs> in New York farmhouse. Oh, in your farmhouse. Um, I thought you meant yeah. in New York. No, you mean in the farmhouse. No, farm I think house. New York, like, there's always people around. I feel right? the same. It's yeah, yeah. lively and, yeah. and full. But, yeah, I have a friend who, at the beginning of the pandemic, like, packed up his life and moved to Prince Edward Island. Mm. And he, like, bought a like dilapidated farmhouse there and is like slowly flipping it and I'm like that seems pretty amazing too yeah so two ends of the spectrum two ends both very appealing to me we'll give you both you can do one week in New York and then one week on the farm I'm with Mm -hmm. you that I would be scared I want if I scream for them to be like somebody literally already right beside me that I can grab like in New York or Toronto and farmhouse sounds so wonderful and then also I mean, I don't want to be on a farm, but the quietness sounds so wonderful. Like, well, actually, the farm yeah. is not for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, here I am wanting to chat with you. I'm like, I'm going to be honest here. Don't love the farm, but I do love the idea oh, of space. I don't know that I would want to like tend to any of the animals. Okay, anything. great. I don't want any animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, I just no, want a, no. a beautiful old house on a big land with grass yeah. and the sun. Acres. Acres. Like how many acres I want can acreage. we get? That's what I'm... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I know like a couple days, like I'm going to be scared. I know I'll be scared. I'm going to be scared and I'm going to want like a really like fancy coffee or something. Oh yeah, so. there you go. hundred <laughs> percent. And I'm like, if I, if somebody, like sometimes when I'm just driving out in the country and I look and the houses are so far apart and I think if someone wanted to come murder, like what is stopping anybody? That's what it feels yeah. like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What yeah, that's where the fear, that's where the fear creeps in. Okay, great. Well, on that... <laughs> No, that's fabulous. That's fabulous. I often like think about, I don't know, I guess like maybe it's the actor part because we get to play different lives and get to like Mm -hmm. experience that, which is so fun. It's really hard for me to actually accept like when you were saying, oh, that, you know, the opportunity to go to New York and live that life right now, that ship has sailed. It is so hard for me to accept that ships have sailed. Many ships have sailed. I know. So hard for me to accept that aging right yeah yeah yeah. I guess you just have to write a script where you are at a farmhouse where you don't die or you with acreage you write an acreage script and then you get to play it and and then then I just get to go live there for a couple of weeks yeah 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 that's what we do that's the answer we'll write sex in the city so you mentioned your little boys Charlie and Leo who's three and five months yes so I'm curious like in what ways has motherhood helped your career you know I think 
this sounds like such a rote answer, but it really does kind of just put things into perspective. Yeah. Like the job, the like career, like is not everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There are more important things in life. Mm -hmm. And I think once I was able to kind of like accept that and like release some of that pressure Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we put on ourselves as actors. Like, I feel like I've had some of the best years of my career since I've been a mom. Mm. It's hard. It's definitely harder. There's a lot more to negotiate and to, you know, it's like when it's not just you, all of a sudden you have other people to think about, um, like really, really think about Mm -hmm. because they depend on you. Yeah, it just gives you, it just gives you a lot of perspective. And also I think in just like a more, like in just like a, a, a practical way, like something that I've noticed, like it's COVID times, we're all self-taping everything. Mm-hmm. I used to, you know, like relish in that time and take as long as I wanted and do a million <laughs> takes. And, yeah, yeah. and now it's like Jonathan and I like running around in our <laughs> underwear. I'm like blow drying my hair. I have like a baby on my tit, like (laughs) trying to, okay, I'm going to put him down and you set up the gear and then I'm going to do this. And it's like, and then we have five minutes to do an audition tape and you're just like, okay, yeah, let's put that out into the world because I don't have the time to just like stress and whatever. Yeah. And I think like you end up, you know, you're, you're not like building everything up so much in your head because you Mm -hmm. just like you you can't you don't have the bandwidth to do that and it just like yeah it just like releases some mm-hmm. of that that pressure and all of a sudden I don't know you're not like stressed so much about it because you just literally don't have time to be yeah yeah I mean I think it requires or like you're asked to think about yourself to probably like an unhealthy degree in this career mm-hmm. even the conversation mm-hmm. we're having about how genuinely like your hair color can lose you a job like they can go with the other person because they are thinking oh well we have a blonde and a brunette we'll just go with the blonde rather than asking the brunette to dye your hair like so you know that can make such a difference and you're always asked what's your brand and you really the job asks you to think about yourself a lot Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. I I really could imagine I don't have any kids but I could really imagine having another person who like matters to you more than yourself or just that you have to think of outside of yourself and it's not it's not a it's not a like a full of yourself thing it's just like that's the that's the career that's like that's the job you're just asked to think about yourself a lot so it's that just is what it is it's inherently like vain to Mm -hmm. be an actor right yeah you have to you're like what's your brand what do you bring to the table blah blah and it's like oh wait Charlie totally. needs lunch. Great. That's more important right yeah, now. Or like you said, That whatever. is more important. Yeah. That's more important than, yeah. They need anything and you're just yeah. like, I'm there, right? Yeah. Bye. Yeah. 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 So it's been, yeah. it's been nice. It's been freeing. Oh, freeing. I like mm-hmm. that. I, to share, like, I am not sure yet if I want kids or not, mm-hmm. but that I have felt like this career and kids, like I have a hard time or I have had a hard time in the past, like seeing how they come together yeah and I'm realizing this season especially on the podcast I'm asking a lot of young moms like a lot of people how are you doing this because it's on the brain yeah and like look don't get me wrong it is so fucking hard Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it is it is exhausting like I'm like I think the last three days I like my day started at like two in the morning four in the morning and then this morning it was like five you know yeah you got to sleep in till five (laughs) like it is a it is a grind um and you know 
your life is just like turned on its head. Mm-hmm. So I would say it's so funny. Like I feel like a lot of the advice that I would give to young actors yeah. is not that far off from what I would give to someone who's like thinking about having a child oh, in that like you have to really, really, really know that you want it. Like yeah. deep down in your gut, you need to know that you want to be an actor and you need to know that you want to have kids mm. <laughs> because they both kind of like take over your life. I think it's unavoidable that pursuing being an actor and being a parent, like they're, it's going to take over your life. I totally yeah. agree. With, like I or agree. I don't know, but I can see that. Yes. And I'm wondering like, are there any ways that you've found to take some of that back for yourself so that you're not so like along for the ride all the time, you know? Yeah. I think I'm still figuring yeah. that out. I think having a partner who is in the same mm. position helps a lot because yeah. we can just like talk through those things together. You know, it can also be challenging in other ways because we're, you know, also both trying to like work on like our own projects and make things happen and just finding time to do that is so hard. I don't know. I wish I had a better answer for that, but like, I really do feel like I'm still just trying to figure it out. Also your, your babes are very young, you know, they're They're very young. young. So like, I think also this is the time when that ends up happening. Like I just, you know, (laughs) like the only thing I can think of is like daycare. Right. Right. (laughs) Like, I'm very yeah. happy that we chose to put Charlie in daycare. Yeah, yeah. Good. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What's like, what's something that you wish you knew about being pregnant or about pregnancy before you got pregnant? Being pregnant oh. really scares me. Like, just to, I maybe it's the out of control thing. It, it really scares me. I had a very easy pregnancy mm. with Charlie. Mm-hmm. And I had a very difficult pregnancy with Leo. Oh, no. So even even like having been through it once, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, oh, I got this. This is going to be fine. And then it was like, oh, no, this is <laughs> a very different situation. Like I was just, I felt like crap all the time. Yeah. Everything hurt. Like it, I was just like so much more tired because you mm-hmm. have, you know, a toddler also that you're running around after. Yeah, pregnancy is full of surprises but you know because the theme of this chat today seems to be about (laughs) hair I will say that before it all falls out after you give birth you got you have like the most incredible hair because all that hair that's going to fall out later (laughs) stops falling out so it's just like thick and luscious and that was really nice and I have to say and like this again is like just crazy after talking but like not care about what I look like. Oh yeah, interesting. <laughs> For once, yeah. Was was very nice. Just to kind of like eat what I want and do what I want and just yeah. sort of really kind of like relish in my body. That was nice. That yeah. felt good. Well you've been acting since what? You were ten or something? Like yeah. Pa- yeah. so you've been in a career since you were ten that doesn't only like think about what you look like but it is a huge part of it and at wardrobe and whatever like it's always a huge part of it so yeah there's no getting around that yeah so then to have this moment where you get to just like be a human being where that is not the forefront I could see how Mm -hmm. absolutely freeing that would be like it really was oh wow did it stay through after pregnancy like did any of that residual like who cares stay with you or did it just come right back no because then then after you're like well, gotta hit the gym. Ugh, that <laughs> fucking pressure on people after they've been I pregnant. Know. I'm like, they just created 
a you, like an entire, this person, whoever is judging you, they just created you. They just created a full heart that's going to keep a person alive for the rest of their life. Like, But you better be looking like back to what you looked like right before. No, Uh, I think there's a lot more allowance for that right now. mm -hmm. And I think people are, are, you know, more like empathetic to that experience and there's more room to, you know. Mm -hmm kind of enjoy that like postpartum body too. I hope so. But yeah, you know, and also like people really, like you see a pregnant woman and you're like, oh, mm. oh, that's so, that's so sweet. She's pregnant. Yeah. The hardest part is the fourth trimester. The hardest part of pregnancy mm. is after the baby comes and like those three or four months right after, like you are just, you're a mess. Your hormones are crazy. You're like trying to keep this little person alive. Oh. And, and that's the part that you can't see, right? Like yeah. I can't walk out onto the street after I've had, like, unless maybe if I have my baby with me, but like that's when women need the support. Mm. Much more so than when they're pregnant, I find. It's in those months after. Mm. So I would keep that in mind for anyone, you know, with any pregnant friends. Absolutely. They're going to need you the most after the baby comes. Yeah. For sure. What was the, what was like, what were the things that friends or family or things did during that fourth trimester that you found like especially helpful? I mean, my mom is incredible. She is like super supportive and really knows when to like back off and Mm. when to come in and help. And, you know, she's also like if I hadn't slept or was like really running on empty and if I like freaked out on her or something, she got it, you know? I sound like I'm getting emotional, but I'm actually coughing. Um, But it does make me emotional. It does make me emotional because she really was like so, just like so supportive through all of that. And what else? Like, don't be afraid to lean on people. I Mm -hmm. think I did have issue. Like I did have a a tough time with that. I just Mm -hmm. kind of wanted to, oh, again, control. Another (laughs) theme, just like do as much of everything on my own Mm -hmm. and like, it really does, like, you need to lean on people around you. Mm-hmm. So don't forget that. Yeah. What else? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know, I, I feel, someone said this, like, a long time, I think it was actually, like, a, a photo, not a photo journal, but, like, you know how photographers will post, like, here's a small series of my, yeah. okay, one of those on Instagram or Tumblr or something, yeah. where it was a photo of a mother and a baby after labor, and it was like focus, like the baby was in the forefront and the mom was in the background. And it said something like, mm. after birth, when visitors come or nurses or whatever, people are always asking, how's the baby? And the first thing should be, how's the mom? And that just yeah. always stuck with me of like, and everyone was crowded around the baby and the mom was in the background on the hospital bed. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, yeah, the mom just went through like major surgery or like has stitches or is swollen or is also, like you said, has so many hormones coming through Mm -hmm. and everyone's Mm -hmm. focused on the baby. And it's like, this is another human being who just went through a beautiful, amazing, and also traumatic experience in some Mm -hmm. sense. So like Mm -hmm. we got to support that also. Just like bring me all the food, hold my baby, bring me all the food, kiss my forehead. Like (laughs) my second delivery and like, I just had this feeling that this was going to happen. Mm. I don't know why. So it's almost like I like willed it into existence. But um, look, everyone has their own personal birth story mm-hmm. and like path that they want to take. And it's like a very personal decision. And I understand there's like a spectrum of what people want to do. But I knew that I wanted to give birth in a hospital with mm-hmm. every drug that they could possibly put into yeah. my body <laughs> to make it as painless as possible. Yeah. 
And that's what I did with my first. Mm -hmm. And I was very lucky. Everything, you know, went fine. And with Leo, for like weeks leading up to it, I kept thinking like I was going to go early and like Mm -hmm. I was having contractions and whatever. And then when the day finally, or the night finally did come, I like woke up in the middle of the night, my water broke and I was like, oh my God, we have to go to the hospital right now. And within two hours of that, he was born. So I delivered him without an epidural. (gasps) And let me tell you. (laughs) I just got chills. The female female body. Yeah. The female body is an incredible thing. And like after having lived through that, and again, I know a lot of people do this by choice. A lot of people choose not choose to experience sure. birth like naturally. But when you're not prepared for that and then it's foisted <gasps> upon you, yeah, that was insanity. And uh, I will just always be in admiration of any woman who decides to have a baby um, because it really, it is like a trauma. Yeah. It is truly a trauma yeah. that and your then, body goes through. And then if you like, I feel like a lot of the time, if we ever acknowledge the reality that it is a trauma, it somehow yeah. negates any of the love or appreciation or gratitude. Like people aren't allowed to say like, that was fucking traumatic. Where it's like, nobody's mm-hmm. saying you don't love but your it's baby. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, it can be like, you can be awestruck and it can be magic. Like, this is truly mm-hmm. magic. Talk about a coven. Like, mm-hmm. we, everyone who's had a baby deserves Stevie Nicks pendant of a moon. <laughs> moon yes, pendant. Yes, moon pendant. Because, like, it is incredible that it's able to happen. And also, it sounds so terrifying and traumatic. I it's mean, talk so about terrifying. being out of control. Yeah. You're like, okay, saving grace, I'll be able to get the epidural and I won't feel this watermelon coming out of me yeah. and then it's like never mind there's oh, no, no time feel, and you're like sorry I'm what? gonna feel everything yeah. and you can't <laughs> opt out you can't be like okay never mind I don't want to like, do this it. is happening that is literally what I remember like Ugh. saying to myself I was just like there is no turning like you, you just you have to do you it physically just can't. do it yeah your body is gonna do it. do it whether your mind wants to or not that mm-hmm. is the part mm-hmm. that like it's crazy thank god we're drinking and it does kind of make you think like oh like maybe i can do anything if i did that you can cut your hair lauren you gave only if you want to there's no pressure if you don't want to but if you wanted to Mm -hmm. 100 you can you gave i can you felt all the feelings of giving birth to a child yeah Yeah. (laughs) mind blown and you know what else you also gave birth on an epidural that is also wild to me like yeah, both of them yeah. are so I'm like in awe you grew both of them all of it if you want to cut your hair you cut your fucking hair anyway and also <laughs> your hair is something that I, on Instagram I've just been like god damn her hair is gorgeous and like oh, that's so nice luscious and I'm like thank you I oh, told you it's the, it's the pregnancy the hair pregnancy. now it's all falling out so I'm gonna get pregnant just for the hair <laughs> um <laughs> so not for the not for the labor I will get pregnant for the hair Okay, well, this has been so fun. So to wrap up today, I would love, I've pulled a few of questions from random episodes that you've hosted of One Girl, Five Gays, because I often find, I love the dialogue that happens on the show. And also, like you and AJ as hosts, sometimes get to answer, but don't often get Mm -hmm. to answer because you're hosting and, you know, the cast is answering. So I pulled some fun ones, okay? So, okay. Great. It is the month. Not any of the like particularly dirty ones nope, I have. absolutely not. I was like, this is the first time Lauren and I are meeting. I'm going to preface, none of these are sexual. None of them, they are all G-rated, 100%. Great. Yeah, Great. yeah, yeah. Love it. The first one is the most sexual and it is G-rated. Okay, so okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm like, we don't know each other like that yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I was like, oh, I'd be curious what the host answers. Okay, so yeah. because we're in the month of Halloween, mm. I, okay, so your first question is, 
in someone else, what's more attractive in somebody? If they're wearing a sexy costume or if they're wearing a creative costume? Oh, absolutely a creative costume. I agree. I feel like that is the only answer. Yeah. Like, I want something witty. Yeah. I want something like a really obscure pop culture reference. I feel like everyone who, like, you know, I feel like there's going to be a lot of Kens this year. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. And there, it's like they can kind of get away with, like, being culturally relevant and sexy. So, <laughs> totally, totally. Uh, there's going to be tons of Kens. But, yeah, definitely, definitely creative costume all the way. Yeah, I'm with you. Spirit Halloween is, like, sold out of everything Barbie. I went for, like, I'm going to an 80s party. And we're like, oh. oh, let's just go to Spirit Halloween. Like, they have Halloween costumes. I'm sure they'll have yeah. 80s stuff. And yeah, the whole wall of Barbie was sold out. But Done. I'm with you. I want a costume that I don't understand at first. I want a costume someone has to explain to me. That and then I'm like, explaining. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I want mm -hmm. too. Okay, great. Okay, best day of high school, real high school. Since you always get asked about Degrassi High School, what about real high school? What was, what was one of your favorite days of high school? Best <laughs> day of real high school. This was oh my <laughs> God, that is... That is like Such a like... shockingly difficult question 100%, because it really it was... does blur together. You know what I'm gonna say? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it probably wasn't like my first day, but I would yeah. say like within the first week of grade nine, I had second lunch, mm -hmm. and not many people had second lunch. That's like when you had like a spare mm -hmm. uh, on second period that ended up being your lunch. And my future best friend, Lauren oh. Shum, um, oh, also came Lauren? up to me. Yeah, her name is Lauren too. And Lauren and C? Were you both Lauren C? No, she was S, Lauren S. Oh, Shum. okay, okay. But she came up to me and like, and God, it all comes back to this. <laughs> she had recognized me from a TV show that I was mm. on and she fully like made fun of me, <laughs> but like in like an already loving way. Aww. And like from that moment, she like called me my character name. And like from that moment on, I was just like, this is going to be my person. Wow. And now like, and then, you know, fast forward a million years and we both have two kids that were born. Each of them were born within six weeks of the other. So like our first ones are six weeks apart. Our second ones are six weeks apart. And yeah, she still gives me shit all the time oh. and makes fun of me. But like, that's, that's the let's best. Go with that. That's the best. Yeah. No, but that's what you need. That's what I found. Like, that's how I knew, oh, you have great chemistry with the guys on One Girl Five Gays. Cause I'm like, look, you're doing that too. See? Oh, I that's know. wonderful. Wow. And the kid thing, like that's incredible. I hope that's in my cards truly. If I ever have kids, <laughs> I want someone I know, who's getting so nice. pregnant, like right around the same time. Yeah. Okay. My last question for you is, is there a piece of clothing that you've kept for sentimental reasons? Definitely. I am a, I am like a borderline clothes hoarder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can think of like, like 10 things <laughs> that I've kept. I've, I've kept, okay. I have so many, <laughs> like so many pieces of clothing are coming. Cause yeah. I've kept stuff of, of my own. Mm -hmm. I, I've kept other people's clothes. Mm -hmm. Like I have, you know, I lost my dad God, almost 10 years ago now. Mm -hmm. And I have this like winter jacket of his that Aww. I will treasure forever. And I like a shirt of his as well. So certainly those I kept for sentimental reasons. I have the like classic page, <laughs> little red hottie, hottie. top. I've got that and I will never ever part ways with that. No, you you can't. You can't. Was it new year, new look, new page? Yeah. New page. No, you yeah. got to keep that. Yeah. And like I have a sweater from my grandmother. Mm -hmm. So things like that. Like, like I have a lot of sentimental. I, I find clothes to be very 
like evocative of memory and mm -hmm. even just like I have a jacket of my grandmother's that like it's a fur I'm sorry it's a fur coat but you, you know, didn't buy it it was my grandmother's yeah. I didn't buy yeah. it and when you open the like dust bag that it's in it's like whoosh <laughs> like her perfume just oh. like bleh, like hits you and knocks you out <laughs> Yeah, so lots of sentimental. Yeah. Oh, these were good questions. Oh, were they good were questions. good questions. Good job, team. Do you still yeah. have your clown baby blanket that I saw in Degrassi Unscripted? Do you still have that? <sighs> okay, let's just okay. talk about how. <laughs> maybe, maybe I want to say two weeks ago, Jonathan and I are like, what are we going to watch? And we're on Amazon no. Prime. And I was like, oh, dear God. Oh, dear God, this is available. And... <laughs> Truly, I actually have been meaning, I need to post this on my Instagram. I need to take a clip of it and post it on my Instagram. You do. Because truly the most embarrassing thing that has ever escaped my <laughs> mouth is in that episode of Unscripted where I am asked the question, who would I have dinner with oh, dead I or alive if I could... Yeah, 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 yeah. You're talking to Aubrey, say, right? In the, I'm talking to Aubrey. In the makeup chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My answers are <laughs> Bob Marley, <Yep>. Coco Chanel... <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Johnny Depp, <laughs> that didn't age well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jennifer Aniston, I think. That That's fine. maybe the only one that, that I'm like, fine. okay, sure. I would still. Yeah. And I can't remember who the last one was. But oh, I mean, so that like one, two, three punch of Bob Marley, Coco <laughs> Chanel, and Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. I'm like, who the fuck was I trying to impress with this? <laughs> collection of people oh, mortifying no absolutely that mortifying. episode was so fun to watch because I just we're similar in age and I just thought like if anyone asked me to do that at that age I there's there is nothing that you could have said or done that you wouldn't be your face right mortified now by. you wouldn't absolutely also I, you were on MSN and it made me so happy oh. so happy I was like I want to go back and then all the VHS's of like that your parents had had recorded oh they the clothing everything. was so fun the seat when you and then you went and my favorite thing in my room and you pulled something out that I thought was going to be a bible and I was like oh interesting but then you unzipped it and it was a cd case I'm like there we go that's okay got it got it got it I thought it was like a bible cover and then you went that through so and I thought wow she's so into music she's so knowledgeable about music so Bob Marley didn't surprise me because I just thought oh it's oh, her cd collection God. I think I have like a Bob Marley like I can name like three Bob Marley songs <laughs> now like oh my <laughs> Oh my God, so more oh like Jonathan God. was like crying, laughing oh, when we were watching. Of this. course, I'm sure Love he was it. imagining Love if it. he had to do it at that time, what it would be. There's just no one on the planet that would have been filmed at how old were you? you were like 18, 17? Like you were a child. Yeah, I think I was probably like 17. Yeah, so like there's yeah. there's no way some if somebody filmed a 17 year old being like, give me a tour of your room and your favorite things, and then years later in their 30s horrifying. being like, how'd you feel? Everyone's gonna say horrifying. Anyway, so yeah, yeah. it was yeah. a gift. 100%. I watched it last night it made me so happy and even more excited to talk to you that is so so funny. maybe the clown so baby funny. blanket maybe you could give to charlie or leo that's cute oh, generational yeah, actually i don't know that i still have that okay you could find yeah. it again you could find another baby blanket <laughs> anyway this was so wonderful to chat with you and get to know you you're such a dream you i mean i'm not too. surprised i already knew you were a oh dream but it's been thank so lovely. you so much thank you so much for having me this was so much fun and so easy oh, and good. such natural conversation oh. and i'm yeah, I'm just, I'm so happy that uh, that we were able to do it. I know, me too. That's lovely. Oh, now yeah. I have like warm, fuzzy feelings for the rest oh, of my no, day. It's so nice. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Liquid Courage Podcast. 
If you like what you heard and you're looking to support the show, here's a few ways you can help. You can leave the show a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or you can follow the show on Instagram and TikTok at Liquid Courage Podcast. Or, and best of all, you can tell a friend about the show. Tell a family member, tell a coworker, post about your favorite episode online, spread the word. That really is the best way to help support the show and help it grow. <laughs> Did I just rhyme? Okay, until the next episode, cheers. <laughs>